Okay, this is a 30-second commercial, and I'm going to throw a lot of numbers at you, but please stay with me. In just 15 minutes, you could save 15% or more on car insurance. This company has been offering great rates and great service for over 75 years, and anytime you need help, you can speak to one of their trained specialists 24-7. That company is Geico. Go to geico.com today. Sorry for all the numbers. And in 5, 4, 3, 2, 1, I'm out of time. Now, Podcast One brings you Spike's Car Radio. A downloadable Cars and Coffee, hosted by writer, comedian, and automotive enthusiast, Spike Ferris. Now, here's Spike. Spike's Car Radio. Hi, everybody. How are you? Driving to work? Hanging out in the workshop? What are you doing? You building something cool? You uh, just smoking a cigar and having a little liquor and listening to Spike's Car Radio's latest episode? Well, how you doing? Thanks for listening. I love you all. Um, we've got a great show today. It's just going to get, it's just going to be me and the guests. Just going to get a little personal. Uh, Zuckerman's off on his yearly vacation. He's, uh, he's taking a Rosie O'Donnell cruise as he's wont to do. And he'll be on a boat with Rosie O'Donnell and, um, a a bunch of, uh, Rosie O'Donnell fans like himself. And they'll be celebrating for two weeks up in Alaska out in a boat. It's amazing. Uh, and you, you wouldn't expect that as Zuckerman. You would really, wouldn't you? you well, you're surprised by that, aren't you? This, it doesn't this seem a, like this him. This is a real story? This, this is a true story, yeah. I also like that Zuckerman takes his yearly vacation after he already took his other yearly vacation. <laughs> <laughs> now everybody knows I'm lying. No, Zuckerman is too lazy to come across town right oh, now okay. and get in front of the microphone, which is fine with me. I prefer the other story. Well, yeah, I want we'll him on that just... Rosie O'Donnell cruise because then it means he could come back and tell us what it's. What it's I would like. go. By the way, I'd go on a Rosie O'Donnell cruise. That would be fine with me right now. I need a vacation, and I like Rosie O'Donnell, so I, I don't want to come off like I'm making fun of Rosie. I'm a fan. Anyway, uh, hello everybody. Um, we got a great show for you today. We have comedian Bert Kreischer who's here to talk about his new Netflix uh, special. It's going to be coming in a minute. Well, I've been blown away by this story, uh, and I wanted to break it down with Zuckerman, but I, you know, I'll tell you about it. Okay. Um, there was this uh, road. You know how we're obsessed with road rage on this show. <laughs> this is where it really goes wrong. There was this happened, I think, yesterday or over the weekend. Two people are now dead following a road rage incident on the I five. Oh, close. Didn't, What's that? Close to us here on the phone. Uh, I, I up in Sacramento. Okay, but li- listen to this. Okay, obviously. Two uh, two males, right? Okay. Middle-aged white guys, probably. Right. But right. middle-aged guys, let's just say. Uh, get in an accident, 3.44 a.m. on the highway, right? They they just kind of hit each other on the interstate, maybe a little sideswipe. But don't crash. Okay. They give the old point to each other. Let's go talk about this at the exit. They both get off uh, and decide to have a fight off, off the highway. <laughs> Pull off the highway. They fight each other. One guy gets clocked. They're not sure what happens. He dies. So either... See, this is the danger, and I tell my little kids this. Too. You can't, you don't know how strong you are, but generally, if you if you go to liveleak.com and look at all the people getting punched in the head who then fall to the sidewalk and hit their head and die, yeah. that you're going to jail for the rest of your life. So this guy, he gets popped, he falls, he's dead. Okay, one down at four in the morning. The other guy now has to walk back to his car. So I'm guessing, I, I guess that car was stuck on the freeway. He's walking at four in the morning on a dark freeway. He gets hit, he's now dead. <laughs> <laughs> Can you imagine this is how this is your Darwin Awards, how your life ends? This is how your life ends in the road rage incident at four in the morning. In at Sacramento. four in the morning, I, it's you know, 
It's just a matter of time before this is Zuckerman. That's How, my was opinion. Was it worth it for the guy, you think, in the 30 seconds that he had to live after he killed another man? <laughs> <laughs> Do you think he felt good about himself? No. <laughs> I think if he's a halfway decent person... Yeah. Maybe an hour or two later, he would have gone. What did I just what do? What did I do? Yeah, because yeah, you never, you you always. I always kind of wake up in those situations, like, what? How did I get out of the car? <laughs> <laughs> right? And I'm not like that anymore. I don't right. get out of. The, but when it's happened before, I feel terrible about it, and I'm always like, what? What am I doing? Get back in the car. This is nonsense. Yeah. But you know, I I think this show, Spike's Car Radio, has to figure this out. We have to come up with some sort of stop the road rage. There's some technology that can fix this, right? You know, here, you know, in a, a little simple, a, a little simple thing that goes on where I live in the west side of LA yeah. is we all, most of us assume we might be seeing our neighbor, and right. that shuts down about eighty percent of rotary. <laughs> not all of it, yeah, not all of it. I have flipped off my wife's friends before by mistake, and they've called me on it, but. <laughs> You know, you cross over the 405 into Hollywood, which I call the politeness boundary, right. and it's chaos. But it over is. on this side, when you kind of think I might know somebody, you use restraint. Mm-hmm. Or you say whatever you're going to say in, the, in your car with a smile and no one's for the better. Right. So I'm thinking there's some sort of technology that can tell us who's in these cars. There's got to be some app that like runs in the background, and if you say something really terrible, it posts somewhere, and then you get publicly shamed. Maybe. Maybe. That seems a little aggressive. That's the first thing that comes. We to can mind. already be publicly shamed on the next door app. It's true. You get on the next door app. Who's that guy? It's it's happened to people in our neighborhood. And okay. and and by the way, the guy who's doing it, he doesn't care. He's oh. laughing. Sometimes yeah. he participates. And he goes, yeah, ha, ha. you know, he's that guy, <laughs> right? In your neighborhood, a guy goes on the app and then mocks the people who yes. are upset with him. Yes, because usually it's 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 old ladies going, this is this guy in a black Mercedes is running a stop sign, right? And then black Mercedes <laughs> guys goes, ha, ha, ha. try and stop me, old ladies. He's trolling the and, next door app, and it's entertaining. And I I always like those posts. I think they're really funny, but right. um. I think it's more about identity. Like, we feel anonymous in our cars. Therefore, we feel like we can troll people like an anonymous uh, profile account on Twitter. Say whatever you want. Nobody knows who you are. So I think there needs to be some exposure. Anyway. I agree. I feel like I should have the Robin Quivers music on for that statement. And Zuckerman would have been additive to that conversation had he been here. You but find that multi-million dollar investor who wants to build this app. I don't have time for that crap. Anyway, let's bring Bert in here right. and let's start having a conversation about comedy. Bert, are you there? There he is. He's out there checking his phone. He's got his L.A. Dodgers cap on. I've never met Bert. Um, I've been watching a lot of his comedy in the last 24 hours, and I've n- noticed a lot of it uh, is him without his shirt on. Here he comes. Hi, Bert. What's up? Come in, man. Sit down. Uh, right here? Right there. You don't have to wear headphones if you don't like. No, you can like. if you do like. I'm. We texted one time on um, on Twitter one time. You and I did? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll take them off. What was it about? Uh, I was looking to buy a car. Oh, no way. Yeah, I was. I, I get really overwhelmed by the car buying process. Okay, everybody does. And uh, and I, I responded. Yeah, you responded to me. You're like, hey, man, let me know if you need any help. Uh, oh, that's nice. You're really nice cool. Nice of me. <laughs> and I've, no, I've known who you are forever. I've known who you are for like... I mean, I remember, I remember watching your late night talk show. Oh, thank you. You're an interesting person in this business because you have 
you you're, you're like me. It's like you've earned a living, right? You're not like super famous, right? But, but like you get recognized, but by people who like like if someone <laughs> recognizes you, you'll spend the time and go, hey man, thanks a lot. Yes, I really appreciate you yes, paying my bills because <laughs> it doesn't happen a lot. It's fine with me. <laughs> and then everyone hit me up when. Uh, Segura was on because he was talking about that Lamborghini. That's yeah. right. Yeah. Now I've heard the same from you. People are like, "You got to have Bert Kreischer on. You've got to go on Bert Kreischer's podcast." I got. I would love to have You've you on. Gotta... I could spend this whole podcast interviewing you because I'm fascinated by you. Well, we'll do that. We'll yeah, do, I would love we'll to do, do an that. act. I'm going to interview you, and then and if if I've run out of questions, <laughs> then I'll just interview act. you. <laughs> this is going to you know we don't spend a lot of time doing these podcasts. We do about fifty minutes to an hour. So oh, we, I'm we a don't... three hour guy. Yeah. Like on my podcast, we usually do two. Now what? Why? Do you do three hours? Because I'm because I'll tell you why, and I and I and I've had this conversation with a lot of people. I'm a legit podcast fan, so like I I came into podcasting discovering the art form when Ricky Gervais <clears throat> first did it. Right, like this is back. This has got to be twelve years ago. I'm guessing only because I I feel like I only had one kid at the time, mm-hmm. and I remember hearing that and losing my mind at the freedom of it, losing my mind at the eccentricities, the fact when someone would get off and go over here and go, hang on, I'm coming, I'm coming, <laughs> and then you'd hear him come back to the mic and go, ooh, in your, that, that theater yeah, of the mind of where yeah, do they go? Yeah, yeah. What are they drinking? Yes. Like, uh, I loved it. And then uh, and then when, when Marin and, and uh, Rogan, and then I think right after that Corolla, I think Corolla was it, around that same time yeah. when they started doing it, it was. Like, I remember getting on a plane and 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 uh, and Marin had Janine Garofalo on, and I was like, I, I don't think I've ever been as excited for anything. Yeah, like right, I was like a right. new Game of Thrones. Yeah. And so when I started listening, Rogan was like my go-to. It was my favorite one. I loved the conversation, and they were three hours, and I would listen to them laying in bed, and I'd, I'd fall, I'd be on the road, and I'd fall in and out of sleep with them, and I'd wake up, and it would still be going, and I was like, yeah, wow. and like a great. Your podcast is fantastic. I Thank love you. a good hour interview, but man. If I wa- if I clicked in and I was like Bert and Spike did three hours <laughs> as a fan I go what did they talk about everything yeah like if it's- you did one with Jerry Seinfeld you could easily do three hours correct we yeah he's on all the time we can't do that oh I guess you could do you you could do we he's got he's got that comedic sense of timing and lack of understanding of what a podcast is so he'll start to get a little edgy right around the. 35-minute mark and yeah. go, haven't we been talking enough? But, you know, you, you two things pop in my head. One is that uh, we have a similar entry point for the podcast, which is Mark Marin. Mine was Mark Marin interviewing Louis C.K., and I was driving back from Monterey in my 58 Speedster. It was 110 degrees, and there were fires, right? And I have no AC in that thing. So I've got Beats wireless headphones on, and I'm just trying to stay alive, right? I'm trying not to pass out from the heat. So I, I put on a podcast. What is this? Po- I love Howard Stern, but I don't know what a podcast is. Yeah. I don't know how to use the podcast. And I start running through Marin. And I uh, when I get to the Louis C.K. interview, there's that moment you're talking about, which is, hey, Louis, go sit down. Wait, oh, I think UPS is at the door. Hold on. And then I hear him clang, hello, and I hear him opening doors, and Louis's like, hell yeah, I've got the podcast to myself. <laughs> I'm gonna, I'm, there's a guitar over here. I'm going to pick up this guitar. And I'm now I'm done. It's reminding me of early Letterman when yeah. Dave drills the hole in the that's desk, what, right? See, that's what I think a real – like I say real comedy fan, but I think a real comedy fan – I, I like when I like when I watch a comic and they go off book and they go somewhere new. That's why I think why every mm-hmm. comic loves Chappelle is he's right. always in that place where he's like, does anyone have a cigarette? And you're like, oh, where are we going now? I but I think in podcasting, that's what I love. I mean, I, I this is by the way, this is to legit Rogan fans right now. Anyone who remembers his landline, he used to do it out of his house and his landline would ring 
every podcast. <laughs> and you'd be and he'd be like, God damn it, he never changed the number, never fixed it. And I remember doing his podcast in his house and his landline rang and I went, Oh, I'm here for it. Like <laughs> Look at now my wife is calling. Oh, answer Speaking it. That's all. Answer it. I already hung up once on her. I, I don't know what she's gonna say. Just don't you wanna see what she's gonna say? You're on the air, Erica Ferriston. Oh, I don't want to be on the air. <laughs> <laughs> well, you, I just, I, I declined the call and you called back. Is everything all right? Oh, oh, sorry. Yeah, no, I'm just confused on my Instagram story. Oh, okay. Well, oh, I, I will... can help her. I'm an Instagram <laughs> expert. What do you need, Erica? My name is Bert Kreischer. This is Bert. So, like, with the photo of Cynthia Nixon, <laughs> do I write anything on there? Okay, she's she's skipping ahead to a lot of different Who's things. Cynthia she, Nixon. Cynthia Nixon is running for governor uh, yeah. in the state of New York. Erica yeah, co-hosted a fundraiser for her yesterday. Then, yeah. I took some pictures for her to post on her Instagram story. Yes. And now she's calling and asking, "How do I do that in the middle of our podcast?" It's very simple. What you do is you post that picture, and then you all the there things are four you want to say. There's there's a four pictures, right? Each one should have text, and each one should have a link to donate to her campaign. Yes. You understand? Okay. I told you that yesterday. I, I know, but I don't really know how to tag her on this. And you, t- you type at, the and ad, then, yeah, so the, the at, and then her name, and it will pop up. Okay. You have to follow click, her first. I am following her. And then click your story, and that's what posts. You got it. You got it. And then you do them in the order you want people to see them. And then do I do them like... Like in this one. Everybody listening has been in this situation, right? We've all been in this situation with our wives. You just throw them up there, and if you don't do it right, you can delete it and do it again. You're in the clear. Just if if that if that little date thing pops up, I think you're in the 24 hour window. Just drag that down a little trash can. Okay. And remember, and this you know this is what I thought she was calling about. She's taking the Range Rover with the boys on on a bike rack to take them camping. And I've required you, and I just had you on the phone telling you what, Erica? Don't mess up your wheels. Yeah, don't mess up my wheels. <laughs> you can as take my I, truck, but don't mess up my wheels, lady. As if I mess up wheels on purpose. Clearly, I'm just tr- doing my best. Oh, hold on, hold on. I'm getting another call. Goodbye. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> that's my lovely wife, Erica. <laughs> yeah, my wife's like that. She is lost with Instagram. So yesterday, by the way, yesterday I uh, tagged along to this little fundraiser for Cynthia Nixon, and uh, Lawrence O'Donnell was there from MSNBC, who I had listened to on Mark Marin. Oh, really? And I walked up to him and I said, I loved you. And I think he was waiting for the MSNBC show, but I, I loved your interview with Mark Marin because it got personal. It got about his, his father who was abusive and his understanding of that abuse. And I really felt like I knew that guy because of this interview. He, he, it, I, I wasn't sure he appreciated that comment. I think he was kind of a little uh, people like people that are aged out of podcasting. You know, they don't <laughs> appreciate the art form, or they do, or they like I've had them come on my show where it's a celebrity and they come on and they're like in a suit. Mm-hmm. And they come to my man cave where I cut the AC because, the, and they're like, and they're like, what? Like, and they don't know how long they're going to be there. Right. Those are tough pot. Like, I my my uh, publicist just sent me a list of people, and I can automatically go, oh no, they won't get it. They won't get it. Right now, here's the next step. Right. So now, I think we have podcasts in our pockets. We like what we do. Right. We got our thing. We got our listeners. I think you can branch out and get new listeners um, by going on other people's podcasts. But we got it. Now, my obsession is. Um, 
is making your own content like you had your car show making yes. your own content putting it online and letting it live forever and having people find you there right. I mean, your car show was fantastic oh thank you and but i think that is where that's what i'm doing now like i did for instagram uh i just ran a triathlon this weekend i, and, I saw that and i was like i want to see if i can do it you know i'll get the Why? bike I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I think I think it's a midlife crisis. <laughs> How old are you? Forty-five. You're forty-five. You got two kids. Two kids. You're, uh, you're doing stand-up comedy all the time. I'm on the road uh, all the time. You've got this new special, which, by the way, we should plug. It's Bert Kreischer. Bert Kreischer. Let's see. I said that like a Massachusetts guy. Bert yeah. Kreischer. Bert Kreischer. Bert Kreischer. Secret time. Secret time. On uh, August 24th, they're Netflix. posting this on Netflix. That's my brother Wally's birthday. Really? Happy birthday, Wally. It's uh, the day after my mom's birthday and three, four days after my wife's. And you're from uh, Florida originally. Tampa. Tampa, Florida. That that woman who was just on the phone is from uh, Florida as well. She's a Floridian, my Where? wife. Boca. Uh, West Palm Beach. Yeah, the the yeah. dark side no, of no, Palm no. Beach. I know. I know. I know <laughs> Even I, though now. Let me tell you something. I can, I'm a bigot. I can figure out who you married. <laughs> you know, actually, West Palm is now now that there's so Trump stuff is going on. In Palm Beach now, West Palm's looking pretty good. Yeah, <laughs> looking pretty good these days. The Epstein thing was going on. Oh, the West Palm's looking great. They yeah. got a little bit of a heroin problem there. A little a bit. A little of, bit. <laughs> a little bit of an oxy issue down there. Oh. So you decide. I'm trying to get at this triathlon thing because I've seen a lot of dads just suddenly decide to do this. Have you always been an athlete? Have you, have you always considered yourself? Are you, are you training during the week? Like where where does this pop into your head? So it starts. It starts back with uh, the Lambo story with Tom. Okay. So Tom and I. Uh, You're going to have to tell that story. You can't just say the Lambo story with Tom to so, this audience. So refresh our. I memories. am Tom Segura's best friend. Yes. He is. He, I'm his. Another best talented friend. comedian who did a podcast a few months ago. And fantastic so, guy. Uh, we did a weight loss. He started fat shaming me online for no reason <laughs> at all. For no reason at all. He's, he was 276 at the time. He weighed 276 pounds. He's 5'10", and he started fat shaming me because I, I started doing a vlog. He didn't like the idea of a vlog. I, look, I'm always about trying to find something new and fun. I'm doing a vlog. I'm tracking my weight loss, and he starts fat shaming me saying I look like Gerard, Gerard Depardieu. <laughs> it goes viral. It goes viral to an ex, a, a state neither of us ever thought it would. And... Uh, and it, it, be, it catches some real wind. Ari Shafir jumps in. We make a bet. Who can lose the most weight and get out of obesity on the BMI scale? And Rogan gets involved, and we do a weight loss challenge. And we weigh in on Rogan. Tom wins. He shaved my beard off live on Rogan. <laughs> and it's and it's just it's great. It was fun as crap. We both lost 40 pounds. Like, we both lost 40. a ton of weight. But he lost more. Um, but we both I lost 40 pounds in a month. Forty in a month? Yeah, well, I didn't do it healthy. I did it not super healthy, but I lost it. So, all right. And what is your not healthy way of doing that? Uh, that sounds like perfect for photo shoots. So, just not eating. Yeah. So, <laughs> what you do is, uh, on a uh, Sunday morning, you wake up and take a Xanax, and go to sleep, <laughs> and then, uh, and then when you wake up around five, start drinking Tito's, and you'll fall right back asleep, and you wake up Monday morning, and you lost weight. So, so it's a day of fasting through drugs and alcohol. You got it. How do you do that with the kids? Because aren't they jumping on top of you? <laughs> Their dad's me. They get it. <laughs> they uh, so then we did that, and then you know, and then we had fun, and so like a like a few months later, we all do a podcast together, me, Ari, and Joe, and. Uh, Joe asked me how they all asked me how much I drink. I'm a big drinker. They asked me how much I drink and I make a I make a tactical error and decide to be honest and I tell them and it shocks everyone. I think it shocks everyone, including everyone listening. And uh 
and they we'd start sober October. Can you quit drugs and alcohol for a month? And then Joe throws in 15, uh, 15 hot yogas. So we all do 15 hot yogas. And then Tom, as a lark, knows that we're really close. He decides one day to, to rent a Lamborghini, knowing full well that when I see that he, he bought, he bought a <clears throat> Porsche, some Porsche. I don't know. I'm not a big car guy. He buys a Porsche, really nice one. And I go to his house, and he's got four cars in his driveway and this Porsche. I go, what, the, what, the, what are you buying a Porsche for? I can curse, right? Mm-hmm. I go, what the fuck you got a Porsche for? You don't need another car. You're fat as shit. You can't even fit in it. And he was like, I wanted it. I wanted it. I wanted it. And just like, and I, and then you start thinking, my buddy's got a Porsche. What kind of treat do I deserve? I need a treat. And then he co- shows up one day with a Lambo, and him and Rogan are in it. And I'm like, that's three hundred thousand dollars. I know how much money you make a year. That is one third of what. Like, and I'm like, that's fucking ridiculous. And I lose my shit. And then I, he calls me that night, and I'm googling uh, bobbers. I wanted a, I wanted a, a bobber, like a Harley bobber. And he's like, what are you doing? I said, I'm, bo- I'm Googling fucking motorcycles. Now I want a treat. And he starts laughing, and then they tell me it was a joke, right? <laughs> They're renting these cars. Yeah. And so, <laughs> anyway, uh, in that next podcast where we do, where they reveal it was a joke, and, and we're all talking about Sober October and how much fun that was, and all of us did it, me, Tom, Joe, and Ari. What are the drugs you're each quitting? Uh, for all of us, it was marijuana. It's- <laughs> and, uh, and for me, it was marijuana and alcohol. That was it. And alcohol. I mean, so nobody else it. drinks? No, they, not, not the way I do. But like, could they drink? No, no one could drink. No, no one, one could, could drink. do any drugs. Right. Like, any no drugs. Xanax, no nothing. 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 Right. Okay. And, Cold uh, turkey. And then in, the, in, the, <clears throat> in that podcast, I say, and I was, I, I was an athlete. Growing up, I was uh, recruited to go play baseball mm-hmm. at like four different <clears throat> colleges. Went to Florida State, went to walk on, quit nice. the very first day because I was like, this isn't who I Were am. Were you a catcher? Uh, yeah, I was. Why did you say that? It's <laughs> just a guess. That's a bigot. You're a bigot. No, that's a bigot's a good word now. I'm just bigot, looking, it's okay I'm when we do it to each other. You're going, you're a catcher. No, I was a catcher, and the coach went, said, go down and catch 90 pitches yeah. from each pitcher. And I was like, I'm going to be a fucking bullpen catcher for seven years. No, pass on that. No, you're I'm going to party. Go to yeah. Florida State. Number one party animal in the country. Uh, Rolling Stone magazine discovers me, calls me the number one party animal in the country. Oliver Stone options the rights to my life. I moved to New York. Will Smith discovers me. That's my life, right? Mm-hmm. But I am an athlete. So in, the, in this podcast, I said, I could run a marathon, no training. And they're like, no, you couldn't. I said, I definitely could. And they're like, there's no way. And they all start making a bet. And Tom says, I can roller skate a marathon faster than you could run it. And now I'm a smart man. And I go, that's impossible. You cannot roller skate a marathon faster than I can run it. And we start losing. The bet starts going. And we're like, we're going to do this. We're going to do this. Anyway, Tom says, I'm not doing it. And, but I've put it out there that I can run a, roll, a marathon with no training. So I sign up for the LA Marathon, no training, show up, drink the night before, go out, run the LA Marathon in five hours and 33 minutes. And Come on. Done. And yeah. you made it. Made it. Ran the whole I – mean, I walked a little bit towards the end. <laughs> when this, I saw this lady shit herself, and I was like, maybe I should walk. And so and so I did the marathon. So wait, no, hold on. You're, all of these little details that you're saying. You saw a lady shit herself. Oh, mile 22 on Sepulveda. She shit herself. Right there, huh? I saw her shit herself. She was a woman that you would respect. Like a, How does a, that – what does that look like? Uh, it looked like a Band-Aid. Like it, it was going down one leg and up their butt cheek. And I saw it, and I went. And now there's. And where? And what condition are you in at that point? I am. Are you hallucinating? No, I'm at 22 miles, and I've hit the wall. And I've. And at at that exact moment, I said, "There's a guy who I'd heard named David Goggins who said, embrace the hurt, embrace the suck. Right. You just don't give up. And that was my mindset. Just don't give up. And then I realized at 22 miles, my calves seized up and my quads seized up. And I went, oh, oh, your body can also quit on you. Yeah. Like you could. 
your kidneys could give out. Like, oh, this is, oh, this is stupid as shit. And at 20 miles, I went, I'm a fucking idiot. And then I watched this woman shit herself, and I went, and I looked, and people are falling like it's Fear of the Walking Dead, just on the side, like, uh, uh, and I'm like, oh my god, I'm fucked, I'm fucked. And what so that's was the I, temperature out there that day? It wasn't bad. It was beautiful, actually. Yeah. It was really beautiful. Now, we used to, my whole family, that lovely lady who was just on the phone and our kids, we lived right at the, right near San Vicente. So we would go out and cheer on the runners at probably mile 23, yeah. right in the middle of Brentwood. And San Vicente then, is actually a really nice part of the run. Yeah, that's a nice part, Getting right? Getting off of Sepulveda onto San Vicente is yes. where you hate yourself. And we're, but we're there cheering you on. But it is. It's like the Walking Dead. It's like walking, uh, looking at casualties walking off the battlefield. Dude, there was a, there and you're was, like, please go and make it. I'm impressed that your body didn't stop. What what happened to your body as a result of this run? Did you lose your toenails? I lost two toenails. How quickly um, did you take off your sock and go? Good God! One fell off in the run <laughs> and it was God. floating around my sock. <laughs> um, and that's and, horrifying. And uh, I couldn't <clears throat> walk for a week afterwards. You couldn't get up. I couldn't walk. <clears throat> I couldn't wow. get I get out of bed and I would literally stack like like <laughs> like like a baby doe on ice. Just I couldn't walk for a week and then for a month I couldn't exercise. I couldn't even exercise for a month. Yeah. Like there were muscles inside my sphincter that I didn't even know I'd hurt <laughs> that were like, Oh yeah, you, we you used us. Like I used all my muscles and my sphincter were like, he's using us and so but what happened is I really enjoyed part of the like, let's see if I can do that. Like, I love that. Now, you know, I was on Travel Channel for seven years. So I did, like, I did bucket life adventure things. I mean, mm-hmm. I've done everything you could ever imagine doing. Ever imagine doing. I've done it. I've done everything. World's tallest rope swing, skydived, base jumped. I've done, I've done everything there is to do. And you do it without any training. And so then Men's Health hit me up. And they were like, dude, we love that you do these contests. You make them accessible for, like, every man. They say, you went and ran a marathon. And then I would get yeah. things online. And by the way, put it on Instagram, on my stories. My numbers skyrocketed. Got like ten thousand followers that day. Really? So, yeah, because everyone's watching me run a marathon. I'm like, I'm like mile six, son of a bitch. I'm done. You know? Oh, that's great. Yeah, it was fun. It was it was fun. By the way, it was fun. Mm-hmm. It is a really good feeling to finish a marathon. And then I was like, fuck it, I'll run a triathlon. <laughs> and man, that was a mistake. That was like like that was that was scary. That was like so. How many miles is a try? I don't know anything about the. I so, avoid them like I avoid climbing Mount Everest. I don't like these self punishing hobbies that people seem to have <laughs> oh i but so the triathlon is running 11 miles or 10 miles or no so they have different categories you're gonna do well. so they've got the iron man right they've got the mini iron man yep. and then they've got sprint triathlons okay that's what malibu is coming up in a couple weeks right it's a sprint triathlon now i thought sprint i don't know why i thought <laughs> sprint meant short i thought sprint meant short marathon yeah like a little sprint yeah a little sp- yeah but it what it means is that everyone's sprinting oh. <laughs> i was well unaware of that for and how long for the whole thing That's and how it. many miles is the whole thing? it's it's a quarter of a mile swim which okay. sounds doable yeah sounds super doable that's one lap around a track y- yeah in yeah. the water yeah that's one lap around way. the track which right yeah in the ocean uh lake this is in lake castaic okay uh 10-mile bike ride, which, once again, very doable. Yeah, not and so bad. And a three-mile run. Yeah, that seems very doable. The right. whole thing seems very doable. All I do is I, fo- I, I watch a lot of internet videos, <laughs> and I focus on the swim. I focus right. on the swim because that's the dangerous part. Right. You're going is out, that first? Or is that's that... first. They do, they do it in order of danger. Swim, bike, run. Okay. So I go out to the swim. I'm, and by the way, once again, I go, I'll put it on. 
I talked about it before. I put it on my Instagram, and it was it was great. <laughs> like tons of people watched it on Instagram. But like You're an inspiration. But like, there's a part of me that is not thinking because I'm I'm filming it. Mm-hmm. I'm not, th- and Men's Health is following me. So Men's Health is out following me. I'm I'm not, I'm in production mode. I'm not in athlete mode. Right. But there's a part of me that is like this meathead bro who, when competition shows up. And I see a guy bigger than me start mm-hmm. laughing at me. I start pushing harder. Right. So we get out to the water. <laughs> and they're like, three, two, one. And it is, have you ever seen those Black Friday sales at Walmart when you see all the poor people running in? Like, get out of here, motherfucker. That is what the start is like. And like an idiot, I get caught up in it. Like, I want a new set of Beats by Dre. And I'm like, Hoo! and I start swimming. <laughs> and I get out 100 yards. And I realize I'm top five. I'm top five. Um, by the way, when I went to sign, when I went to the come on, you're out in front. I'm out. I got five people in front of me, and I'm hitting one of the guy's toes, come like on. with my hands. And I'm like, dude, I'm fucking killing this. And I'm looking on my sides, like, cause you, you. I, what by the kind way, of swim are you doing? <laughs> free, free, uh, freestyle, freestyle. <laughs> but in a bridge freestyle, it's an open water freestyle. So a uh, quicker rate of utterance. And I'm as I'm breathing, I'm looking up to see where I'm going, and I'm right on. I am going right at the buoy. Right, you got to swim out to the buoy and then around it and down. I'm going right at the fucking buoy, and I'm like. I'm looking at my right. I'm going. These guys are going wide. Are they even paying attention? Right. And I got four or five people in front of me, and I so I hit the buoy. Front leader, leaders in the leaders pack, and I do a move I'd seen online where you swim and then flip over. Have, like I've just seen it online. I've never done it. I've never swam to a buoy in my life. I swim and flip over, and as I do this, Asian guy climbs on my stomach. Pushes off of me and leaps over me and shoves me underwater and I suck in water. I'm like, now mind you, I'm in like 40 feet of water. It is deep as shit. I'm in the middle of a fucking lake and I'm like, and I pop up and another dude climbs on top of me. What I'm, I don't realize is I am sprinting with the sprinters and all these guys on the side are at my level of talent. They're like, right. I just want to get through it. I'm going to do a comfortable swim. I'm up and I'm gassed. I've swum as hard as I can. I don't even realize that I'm I'm only a hundred up all your energy. I'm a hundred yards into the race and I'm already out. Oh, and no. I literally laid on my back and paddled in on my back <laughs> for the rest of the fucking swim. I couldn't do it. And then the bike, same shit happened with the bike. I get on the bike. So wait, did you come in last? Did you beat anybody in the swim part? I beat uh, I beat half of the race on the swim part. Really? Yeah. That, yeah. Wow. I did really good on the swim part. And then I go considering because I was way out in head so i get on the bike and then once again i go on the bike and i start passing motherfuckers like what is why is anyone like are they not they're not they're pacing themselves they're pacing themselves for the uphill that i don't know is coming and then i'm on the uphill and people are just (laughs) right past me and then once again we get to the top of the uphill and i'm like it starts going downhill and i was like why are these people going so slow i'm going 35 miles per hour Mm -hmm. and there are these cops going Turn left, and it's a hairpin turn. I'm like, Arr! dude, the entire race was that way, oh, but it was no. funny shit. I had a, I had a blast doing and it. And how did you do overall? I finished seventieth, seventieth out of seventy ninth. <laughs> that's not, that's not good. Well, if I had entered as as a Clydesdale, which is what they call fat guys, if I had entered as a Clydesdale, I would have done top three. I'm impressed that you finished. Yeah. I would have walked away. I would have walked away at the buoy moment or swam away. Don't you God. have any part of you that wants to challenge yourself? Uh, no. No, not not with stuff like that. I, I work. I like to work out in the gym. I don't even run outside anymore. Uh, yeah. I, I don't like to be inconvenienced by uh, having to go to the bathroom or any any itches. Or have you ever done washing. like a Spartan race or something? No. I've done little little uh, runs with the kids in the, in the neighborhood, yeah. those little fun runs. But I have no interest in How it. How old are you? Uh, 54. I'm going to be 54. Are very you serious? Soon. Yeah, yeah. I'm an old man. 
God, you look so fucking young. I'll do it. You challenging me to <laughs> try wanna, half You want to do something? Are you ready? <laughs> let's do a half let's marathon together. Yeah, let's totally do it. <clears throat> I, uh, my sister does those. She lives in London, and she uh, does those races all the time. So we, we uh, she's done the L.A. Marathon, New York Marathon, all that stuff. It's really fun. But I've watched. I, I can't get by the fingernails, the toenails falling off. I can't get by that kind of bruising and blistering. Yeah. I don't understand that kind of body abuse. Makes no sense to me. Well, like, why, why do this to your body? What are you getting out of this? It's not going to make you more fit. The training will. No, no, no. But you, the if race... you train for it, it will. If you just do it the way I've been doing it, it will not. Yeah. Um, but, you know, I was just reading about Mount Everest and people climbing Mount Everest and how they're now worried about – this wasn't even what the article was about. But they're like, okay, yeah, there are 110, 120 bodies up there just <laughs> that you march over, okay, up in the snow. But they have a human waste problem up there too. And you're just like, what? what's going on? What is this? I can understand. I think it has to do with obsessive compulsiveness a little bit. I can understand. I can. I can wrap my head around. Like I want to climb Mount Kilimanjaro. I think you that do. Would be, yeah, Why? But, but it's super doable. Do you like, know? I'll, I'm going to think you're so stupid if you die up there. I'm going to go. You what can't, you, you what can't. are you doing up there? It's a no brainer. It's a no like. It's, oh, this is a no brainer. It's, it's a no brainer. <laughs> and why do you want to do it? Because because it sounds. What badass. is there a gondola <laughs> that takes you to the top? <laughs> There is a weird thing. I think I did so much shit on Travel Channel that was, like, way out of my comfort yes. zone. Like, my first open water dive was in Fiji at 90 feet. Wow. Like, my first uh, my first skydive was with Rachel Ray. Like, right. my first uh, – like, everything I did was just, was just Super like, dangerous. I fought a bear. I rode motorcycles. <laughs> like, you name it, I did it all. And I think there's a part of you that starts – you get to an age where you go, like, what's like what's next? You know, like, well, hold that thought. I want to continue, but we're going to take a break here at Spike's Car Radio. We'll be back with Bert Kreischer. You know what? Everybody has a favorite pair of jeans. The pair that fits perfectly and always looks great. The pair you wear out at night, at home, on the couch, at work, wherever. The pair I'm wearing right now to podcast. They're the go-to, do not underestimate their importance, pair of pants. No one knows this better than Wrangler, the authority on jeans. Using their expertise in comfort and durability and applying it to a new line of modern fits and styles, Wrangler jeans are made for the modern-day adventurers, the go-getters, folks who like to keep moving. Whether you ride a bike, a bronc, or a skateboard, or you're the type who walks the earth in search of something, these are the jeans for you. Classic or modern styles, a range of fits at a price that works for you, vintage re-releases. Wrangler has something for everyone, and don't forget the iconic patch and our stitched W American icons for over seven. 70 years. Visit Wrangler.com and check out their great selection of jeans, shirts, pants, outerwear for men and women. I wear these pants. I love them. Wrangler, denim made for the modern world. Also, ladies and gentlemen, while we're, we're talking, uh, this isn't really an ad, but uh, if you're going to be up in uh, Monterey for the Pebble Beach Concours, um, I'm hosting a Pebble Beach Concours Classic. Boy, there's a lot of words in that. Well, forum. Uh, a special episode of Spike's Car Radio. We're taping it live up there on Saturday, August 25th at 1.30 with big-time TV star and former uh, NFL player Michael Strahan. And I know what you're thinking. You're going, boy, I didn't know Michael Strahan was a collector. Well, guess what? He is. He's got a ton of cars. And here's the good news, Will. I've got five pair of tickets. Five pair of tickets. I don't, I'm not going to give you these tickets if you're not going to be up in Monterey August 24th and 25th. But if you are there, 
message me on Instagram at at Spike Ferriston and the first five people asking for a pair of tickets to see me and Michael Strahan break it down for an hour. You'll go for free. When it comes to technology, the difference between consumer-grade and business-class PCs is just as marked up as for commercial flights. And for many, the upgrade is worthwhile. Here's the difference a business-class device can make for you. Many modern consumer-grade processors and mobile operating systems prioritize battery life over processing power. Business-class PCs often offer both better performance and longer battery life, allowing users to work faster and longer while on the road. Every HP Elite PC comes with HP Elite Premium Support, providing 24-7, 365-day dedicated service from U.S.-based specialists who are dedicated solely to supporting HP Elite products. HP Elite PCs are designed to pass MILSTD testing for and are tested for 115,000 hours to HP's own testing standards to help ensure durability. New HP EliteBook 700 series notebooks are also made with Corning Gorilla Glass and a magnesium alloy chassis that's 18 times stronger than plastic, just like me. And right now, get an extra 10% off select 8th generation Intel-powered HP PCs with Spike until September 17th when you go to hp.com forward slash spike. I've been getting a lot of hell about the, the slashes. It's not backslash spike, it's forward slash. Well, there you go, sir. Your note has been addressed. hp.com forward slash spike, promo code spike. You're listening to Spike's Car Radio. I just wanted to be healthy. I wanted to have a family. I was getting old. I was like, this is kid stuff. I was acting like an idiot. You know. Anyway, we're here with Bert Kreischer. He has a new uh, Netflix special posting August 24th. This show is going to air before that. And the special is called Secret Time. Um... I wasn't able to open it. I had all the passwords I tried last night, and it rejected me over and over again. I, I can tell it's going to be really funny because you're really funny. Okay. I'm struck by, by the way, and I know we were talking about something else before the break, but um, I did watch a lot of clips of yours, and half of them you don't have your shirt on when you're on stage. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> And I really admire that, that you know that that's funny, right? I don't know that I... <laughs> that you're just going to walk out there and just be funny. Right? I, you know, and I see this with a lot of uh, funny, smart comedians who are not trying to look cool in any way. They're trying to look funny. They understand that the more they open them, themselves up personally, the more they're completely honest with them, with their audience about who they are and, and their instincts. The more the audience likes them, the more they laugh. And now you've taken it to this. What? What? Why was I watching you without your shirt on? What was that? And is this, in this new special, do you have your shirt on? Oh, of course I don't have my shirt on. No, you like, perform no, all the that time. Was part of the contract. You you perform all the time without your shirt. It was probably I, I couldn't even tell you how long ago it started. It was probably <laughs> ten years ago. <laughs> Taking your shirt off. But it was like back when stand up wasn't like it wasn't what it is today. <laughs> right. It was what you did for a living. Yes. It's like before anyone named their tour, you just went on the road. <laughs> right. And I was in Columbus, and I took my shirt off. I used to take my shirt off to like cheer me up because I'd take my shirt off and they cheer. And then I'd put it back on and just do stand-up. And then one day I took it off and I kept it off. And this comic that I respected was like, dude, I couldn't do a joke with my shirt off. And you just did an hour with your yeah, shirt off. Yeah, I, I was, know. I was like, oh, yeah. I, but I grew up in Florida, so it doesn't even register to me. Like, you know, there's a part of every Florida kid that, like, things that we – Florida was so fucked up that you just go, yeah, that, but why wouldn't I do that? Exactly. Yes. And, and then I did, I did like – that's how I toured. I just – it was fun for me. It made it fun. And I liked it. And 
It made me more comfortable. I didn't have to think about what I was going to wear on stage. I just <laughs> literally would like wear whatever shirt I found because I knew I was taking it off. And when you do the late night shows, that so I did Conan, and he goes, uh, and they were like, "Are you going to wear a shirt?" I was like, "I was like, by the way, this is where my vanity comes in. I look really bad sitting shirtless." Yeah, yeah. Well, <laughs> everybody so does. I was like, "Yeah," and they're like, "Oh, okay." And then he was like, "Why do you take your shirt off? My shirt's on." It was like a weird question, and then I was like. I was like, I don't know. I don't know. I don't have an answer. But like, I just, I just did it as a lark. And then when I went to do my Showtime special, they were like, we get there to shoot. And they're like, you're going to wear a shirt, right? And I was like, no. And they're like, what do you mean? You should definitely wear a shirt. <laughs> like, people might turn it off because you're not wearing a shirt. And I went, yeah, but I haven't performed with a shirt in like 10 years. I'm not going to start for my special. And they're like, do one with a shirt and one with off. And I was like, oh, no. that's a trick, yeah. And then I was like, no, because you'll use the one. I go, I'm doing it without my shirt. And if you can't air it, you can't air it. I'm sorry. And so I did it, and then that machine clip goes viral, like beyond viral for anything I've experienced. Right. Now, this and is this is the story of you and the, uh, your Russia class and the Russian mob. I got involved with the Russian mob when I was 22. Yes. Um, I, I watched this whole thing last night. Yeah, we is, robbed a train. Is that a real story? So this, I love that question. <laughs> So the reason it went viral, yes, right. So I had told that on Rogan. I told yes. that it's a great a story. Festival. It's I a lot of fun. It. I told you're right. It doesn't matter if it's real or not. Doesn't matter in my head. Nope. But, but I. But I mean, for me as a as a fan, mm-hmm. wouldn't matter. Right. If I tell it everywhere, I don't think anyone's going to see it. I post it on Facebook. I think. I, by the way, I think I can tell the elements that are real and aren't. I bet you can. <laughs> but what, but here's the interesting part. Here's the interesting part about that is that. Um, you tell it so much that you start going, "Is it real?" Like, it is I don't real. Even know. Like I don't like part of me would lay in bed and go, "Did I make that up?" Like because you, oh, I'm telling it and wrote. I'm not telling it like I lived it. I'm telling it and wrote mm-hmm. in the way that I know works. Yes. So I tell it uh, on the special. I put it on Facebook. The first day I posted, it, it gets like twenty thousand views, and I go, "Okay." You know, in my head, I was like, I thought everyone had seen it. It probably wouldn't. Mm-hmm. But then I looked, and I had like 15,000 shares. I go, that seems like a lot. That's a lot. So the next morning, I wake up, and it's got 3 million views. And I was like, whoa. <laughs> and then I look, and it's got it's got like 120,000 shares. And I'm like, that. Oh, my God. Huge. Now I'm doing the math. I'm like, that's going to be big. Next, that night, 7 million, then 18 million, then 20 wow. million, then 30 million, then 39 million. Then, and I looked, like within the first few days, I looked to try to figure out what the algorithm was. And I couldn't figure out, like, when I posted it, why I posted and then I look on the comments, and so like on the third, maybe fifth comment down right. is a woman. I won't say her name, but you can find it if you look at it. And uh, she lives in Minnesota. I know that now. And her comment was, uh, I was in Birch Rushing class. I was on this trip. This story is 100% true. He fucking robbed us. <laughs> and then she tagged everyone in my class. And no every way. single person in my class wrote, this is 100% true. This is <laughs> this is a picture of Bert and the mobsters. This is a picture of Bert drinking with the mobsters. When he says this, this is this person. And it, that is why it went viral because people so – that was in the first set of comments. So people saw that and then were like, oh, my God, this is true, and then forwarded it to their friends. This is a true story. Yeah. So And then what happens <laughs> when you have a story go viral is other – as content providers will grab it. And post it in the way that they know people will take that information in. So everyone, and this is where it's gone really viral, is these content providers will grab it and then put lettering above this. This is a 100% true story. Like above it and below it. And so, yeah, it's a true story. Now, there are parts, aspects where as a storyteller, uh, you, you, you pull back information or you promote information as it's bigger. You could probably pick those out. Yes. Yeah, like uh like the machine. The the knowledge of people knowing you as the machine in the story. 
Uh, no, that's hundred percent true. The cop. The so now here's if we're I mean we'll break down the story in a heartbeat. I don't ever, I don't mind. So what now? What so what the is, officer? So the, I'll tell you. I'll tell you. Rubber. I'll tell you how I tell it in the story. Well, I guess, I and then I'll know. tell you how I tell it. How it happened in real life. Hold on, time to pay the bills. Think of all the weird things found in cars. I'm not talking about your garden variety petrified French fries or melted crayons. I'm talking about live snakes, bizarre trinkets, the kind of stuff that just makes you wonder about folks. Another thing you're going to wonder about, but in a good way, are continental belts. Bet you didn't know they're OE in tens of millions of Chryslers and Dodge, Ford, and GM vehicles that roll off the assembly line. They're also OE on the majority of BMWs and BWs. Now Continental is launching the aftermarket multi-V belt with the OE pedigree. It's their OE technology series. Belts that are fanatically engineered for perfect fit form and function. And Continental has OE technology series multi-V belts for 98% of the vehicles on the road in the U.S. and Canada. Hey, you get enough surprises working on cars and trucks. A belt should should not be one of them. Go to Continental OE Technology Series Multi V Belt, the belt with the OE pedigree to get the full story. Visit OE Technology Series.com. All right, yeah, sorry, go ahead. So, uh, in real life, uh, it was me and another guy. Right. There were two guys. It was so all these stories I tell, all the story where I go, it's me and these two guys. There was one more guy and he was bigger than I am. His name is. His name is John. I never wanted to call him out in the story because he's probably a grown-up and doesn't want people to know he robbed a train. But, so there's one more guy. His name's John Bolshoi. Big John is what they call him in Russian. So when we pull into Moscow, and if you haven't heard the story, I apologize that I'm spoilering they're, it they're gonna No, what you do is you go, you watch the clip, and then you come back to us and then hear this part of it. Um, but it's it's worth it. You're going to love this story if you haven't uh, heard of it. You know, Because this is mostly Porsche fans, I think. Really? I don't think they really are going to know don't have this. A problem. I think this is going to be new to them. I'll I tell you what I'll do. I'll absolutely this. How much love time it. do we have? Do we have like 10 minutes? We're good. I'll tell you what. We're I'll good. tell you the story right now for you listening. And then you stop me. And when you feel like, wait, wait, I have a question about that. Okay. And then I'll, I'll, I'll expound. Sure. That's, that'll be fun. Yeah. Let's okay. do it. When I was 22, I got involved with the Russian mafia. Here's how it happened. That's a lie. <laughs> right is that nope. the first line no no okay, no, no, no no that is definitely a stretch of what like i didn't get initiated in i don't have the tattoos out of all the, that i bought right away i was like that seems easy in this day and age they're, yeah. every, they're in hollywood they're in new york they're all over the place but this is before anyone knew about the mob so we went i took a russian class at, at florida State. i knew about it. i'm ever since i moved out to la for 20 years you go you know, hey be this careful this is 1995 okay? right Yes, that's when I moved here. I was in college. I'm in the wow. Tallahassee. Right. I didn't even know any Asian people. And so that's true, by the way. There were no Asian people in Florida. And if you Google that, you can find out that Asian people didn't start making it to Florida until the late 90s. So That's not true. That's a little kind of true. So uh, Tallahassee, at least. So uh, I signed up for rushing class. Teacher says, uh, I need 14 kids for the class. If you're in the class... I'll just give you a C. So I'm like, fuck it. So I take Russian one, two, three, and four. Never learned a word. Never learned a word. Russian four, she pulls me aside and says, um, we're taking a trip to Russia. If you go, you'll get a minor. True. 100% true. I said. Uh, was she cute this teacher? She's hot. Yeah. You can uh, find her online. Okay. There you go. I'll tell you her name after. I don't want to blow up her spot, but she's tagged on that story. <laughs> so, she lives in Hong Kong now. I think that's in China. So uh, <laughs> I, we go to Russia in 1995. We get there. And they say the Russian mob runs everything. Now, this is the first I'd, I'd never heard of a Russian mafia, let alone uh, uh, that this was going on. They're like, uh, we paid them off. They're, for our money, they give us two young gangsters. Word for that in Russian is banditi. They, they're going to live with you. 
They're going to walk you to class, walk you back from class, take you on field trips, walk you back. Don't speak okay, to them. Okay, this is my first question. Now. So this yeah. is your school that arranged this? Florida State. And they're arranging the banditis? They're re- arranging the banditis. The person so in- this is just the way that country works. It's just At the time, mob government and then mob, lower mob levels running the cities. At the time, uh, the I, it was post- um, Gla- Gorby? Pedestroika. Pedestroika. Is, was, I think, what was the period after the the government fell. Mm-hmm. And it was like they were trying to figure out what was going on. Now, in that time, they'd never really run a government like this. But the mafia had always been around. The black market had always, always been around. So they just took what they were already doing and pumped it up to the next level. The Got cops it. were impotent. Like, literally impotent. And the mob was everywhere. You would see them in the streets. They'd walk around with, like, bright red yellow fluorescent jackets and slacks and you knew they were in the mob really expensive cars there was an island right off st petersburg that was all mob houses and you'd we'd walk over there with our two gangsters uh we had two gangsters uh igor and sasha and so they live next to us they're walking to class walk us back from class they're like don't speak to them they're in the mafia immediately i'm like fuck that they're gonna be my best friends grab a bottle of vodka six pack of baltica learn a sentence i'm gonna say koshka." Which means hello, my name's Bert. It's very nice to meet you. I work pussy. So kinda. <laughs> it really means I work with cats. So the, Igor's room was right next door to mine, directly next door to mine, and across the hall from my teachers, the one that the hot one. Mm-hmm. So I knock on his door, first night, knock on his door, they're having a party, I can hear it. Opens the door, and everything I had planned on saying flooded out of my head. And all I said to him, looking him in the eyes, was, I am the machine. What I was trying you to say. You said that in Russian. Yamashinu. Yamashinu. But, which, by the way, I'm screwing up now. I was trying to say I'm the man. Like, I'm the man. I'm the man. Which is Yamashina. <laughs> but I said Yamashinu, which means I'm a fucking car. And he starts laughing hysterically because, once again, they didn't have slang in right. communist Russia. Mm-hmm. So when a man walked in and said, I'm a car, you're like, I guess he's a car. He's the machine. Bring him in. And he tells the gangsters, hey, guys, this is the machine. And they're like, he's the machine. And I'm like, I'm the machine. And so they love me. I drink shot for shot with them all night long. And all I can say is, I'm the machine. And I fuck cats. So so Igor, we have – You were trying to say I like pussy, but – I work pussy, yada bota koska, but you said I work, I work cats. cats, and I'm like meow meow meow. <laughs> okay, so uh, so he, that those elements are true. Hundred everything we're going is one hundred percent true. And there's no punching up in any of that. Right, I'll tell you where the punching up happens. Okay, good. Uh, Igor and I do everything. We that summer we have a blast. My best friend, we do ran a pool hall scam. We stole a boat. True, true. <laughs> right. Um, <laughs> What was the pool hall scam? Uh, pool hall that scam. was a question I had. Like, how did he? Does he speak English? Uh, he spoke pretty great English. Okay, so Much he was able to communicate the con to you in English. The, the, the con, here's the con. So, okay. we go into a pool hall, and it's set up. I think I, I forget the name of it, but it's where there's more balls, and it's a much bigger table. Okay, and and the bet <laughs> Russian is pool. for thirty five American dollars. Ultimately, whatever it was in rubles was thirty five dollars. You got to play against the the champ at the table. The champ worked at the place, right? And every ball you sank was worth $5. Okay. Okay? Um, we do the first one, and I break, and I start calling my shots, and I, I sink two balls. I'm pretty good at pool. I sink two balls, and then uh, I miss. And then he goes in, and he just – you know how you run your pool cue? Yep. And it just – all the balls go scattering, <laughs> and he just does that, and like five go in, and he does it again, and I look at Igor. I go, slop counts? And he's like, What? I go, you can just, you don't have to call it. And he goes, no, 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 just get him in. I go, all right. I lost that one. I give him another 35 bucks. I go, I'm back in. 
and I this time I run the table and I start doing that color money Tom Tom Cruise shit. Just hiya! <laughs> and these guys are like, "Who the fuck is this guy?" And he was like, "He's the machine." So I start beating the house and I'm winning nonstop. Then he gets booted and other people now on the house and they're playing me and I am raking in cash and we got a big group around because I'm. I'm a, I'm a loud American. And Igor looks at me very politely at the end of the night and he goes, time to start losing. And I was like, what? And he goes, we are not leaving with that money. And he was like, start losing. And <laughs> so I start losing and everyone starts doing my game back to me. And I'm like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah, why? Yeah. That's uh, a reverse you, grift, by you the could way. Not, you could not walk out with that money. They'd just kill you. They'd beat you. Oh, because you were yeah. taking mobster yeah, money. I just walked away with a bunch of mobsters' money. <laughs> like, oh, good. fair well, and square. That's not a con. You beat us. It's, well, that, okay, then that's part of the punch-up. We ran a pool hall scam. Yeah, just get through it. Okay, just get there through you it. go. All right, yeah. we've got one. So, um, But a terrifying but idea, though, when yeah. you realize you've... So we one day we go to Moscow. Whole class takes an overnight train trip to Moscow. <laughs> okay. Igor tells me, I can't go. I say, why not? And he goes, uh, different mob runs a train, different mob runs <laughs> Moscow. And I go, so what's that mean for me? He's like, don't worry. I set up gangsters. Mm -hmm. I set up the banditti. They'll take care of you. Sure enough, get to the train station, and he introduces me to my two new gangsters, Igor and Igor. Tr true. One's big, one's small. And he goes, guys, this is the machine. If you give the machine vodka, you'll have a great time. <laughs> now, in the true part, it's me and this guy, John. He doesn't introduce John. He just introduces me. And these guys are excited. They're like, mm -hmm. we're partying tonight. The one guy's like, I can't wait to play with the machine. Mm -hmm. The bigger one. <laughs> Go to first class. Booze. Food pimped out and 100% true to the point where I think people would never believe this train takes off at the station everyone that works on the train comes in to pay their respect the fucking conductor walks in I swear to you on my children this is so true and the most ridiculous part of the story rips off the little tag the stars and stripes to his shirt rips them off places him on my lap and goes, it would be an honor to do a shot of vodka with the machine true 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 I am 22 years old thinking, these machine stories might have got under control. Like, he, my, my name has spread around. People are coming in going, this is the machine? I'm like, I'm the machine. So This makes me want to move to Russia. Oh, you're right. It's quite a story. Quite you a story for booze, a young man. Drink all the booze. Uh, Igor says, we go to the bar cart to get more vodka. At this time, we're just drinking peach schnapps. That's right. all that's left in the bar cart. So we go to the bar cart, walk in. He says in Russian, machine, go behind the bar and grab bread. Now, in truth, I had no idea what the fuck he was saying. Like, he would go behind the bar and grab bread. And I heard Kleb, and I went, bread. Oh, I know bread. But John Bolshoi spoke perfect Russian. And as we walked, I went, he said to go get bread. And John goes, he did. And I went, and he goes, machine, grab cheese, sir. And I'm like, cheese. I go, and I said to John. Now, in the story, I say I said it to Igor. But in real life, I said to John, who's on my left, I go, he said, cheese. I go, John, I'm learning the language. And he was like, Good for you. Like, as a joke. And I go, jeez, I go, Igor, I'm, tell me another one. And he goes, grab vodka. I was like, I already another one. Give me another one. He's like, grab the money. Now, at this time, I am bent over behind the bar looking for the cheese and bread. And I pop up and I go, money to John. And I go, money. And he goes, and John's look is like he just saw a ghost. And I look up and I realize Igor is going through the pockets of people in the bar. This is the true part of the story that I leave out. And I look, and the bartender is standing, not making eye contact with anyone, almost like, just take what you got to take and leave. And I'm like... So there were people in the bar. Oh, the bar was packed. Two of my classmates are in the bar. And, and, and everybody just gave up when they saw the mafia. They just said, no take whatever you want. fucked with the mob. Really? No one. They, and they knew that just by the way they were dressed. 
oh, who these guys were. Yeah, and, and and when a guy starts going through your pockets, I guess you just assume he <laughs> he wants what's in these pockets. Wow, so that's I unreal. Grab the I grab the tips. I grab the stuff in the in the register at the thing. All rubles. I grab them. I grab a bottle of vodka. I grab the bread and the cheese, and I walk out with John. And now, by the way, in the story, I sound cool. In real life, I am fucking terrified. <laughs> yeah. I'm terrified. I'm looking at John, going, "We're robbing the bar cart." We're robbing the bar cart, and he's like, "I wouldn't, I wouldn't, I wouldn't say anything." And I, two of my classmates see me, and they're like, "You're in so much fucking trouble." And right. In real life, I'm like, "Oh my god, I'm fucking dead." And I'm thinking, "Get me the fuck out of here!" In real life, right? I go back to the bar cart. We sit down. Very different energy than when before yeah. We left. Yeah. This is the real story. Teacher comes in, opens the door, and loses her fucking mind. She's like, "There's an English teacher who did not speak Russian." She's like, "What did I just hear? What you're? This is over. You're done right now." So and, somebody ratted you out to the teacher. Uh, the two kids in my class went right back to the teacher. <laughs> said Bert just robbed. Bert and John just robbed the bar, the bar cart. Oh, Bert and John just robbed the bar cart. And uh, so, do you get credit for that? Or is it credit uh, off? Does I, that affect your grade? I think you bump it up a notch. It's like a half credit. It's definitely you're an 89.9. They give you the extra point. Okay. She opens the door, loses her mind, mm-hmm. and like, this is fucking over. This, and Igor takes a sip of vodka, spits it in her eyes. Oh, my and God. Says, no one talks to the machine like that. <laughs> Shuts the door in her face and goes, fuck that bitch. This is Russia. I remember that statement so real because I wow. remember thinking, we're not in Kansas anymore. No. This is a different world. Yeah. Uh looks at me and says don't worry machine when it gets dark we have good time reaches his pocket pulls out a ring of keys and he goes we're robbing the whole fucking train true drink (laughs) sun goes down which by the way you gotta remember this is the summer in russia Mm -hmm. now we are going to moscow but in st petersburg it was the white nights Mm -hmm. so the sun goes down and it gets dark and this is probably four in the morning three in the morning now Maybe a little earlier, I'm guessing. My memory's horrible, and we start robbing the train. One, we go. Do these guys have guns? Nope, no guns. No. So it's just sheer brutality, the Uh, threat of sheer brutality on you. Everyone's asleep. What you do is they'd open the door a little bit. Little Igor would crawl in on the bottom and start pulling the bags out and throwing them into the center of the the hallway. Wow. Nobody Uh, woke up. Nobody. Hold on. By the way, this is the true story. If you want the true story, I'll tell you the true story. (laughs) We start going through the bags. Me yep. and John are going through the bags. We're pulling Jesus out what Christ. we find to be valuable to them, but we mm-hmm. know our class. These are our classmates. Right. And we p- give them the bag. He'd slide them back under. Little Igor would crawl out. we do the next one. We did like probably four in my class, four in my class, and a girl woke up. And Little Igor came running out. Big Igor took a sip of vodka, spit it in her eyes, shut the door, and we leave. We go to the next, the whole next What does spitting vodka into someone's eyes do? Uh, Burns? Makes them not see a lot. Like... <laughs> It was f- – like, trust me when I Is say – it like the men in black light or something? Yeah. It oh, It dude. just erases your memory or – I'll tell you dead honest, like dead honest. And I wrote about this in my book. I wrote a book called Life of the Party. I couldn't lie in a book. Right. You, could, you just can't lie. Right. And I'm not lying when I tell the story. I just don't – I make it sound a little quicker, funner, lighter. Right. Yeah. Um, when he did that, I remember thinking – I remember thinking two things. I remember John and I were both like, we can't leave these guys alone. Because right. we leave them alone with our class, something really bad might happen. Mm-hmm. So we have to stay with them, and we're like, and we're like, we're in a lot of fucking trouble. Like, yeah, a sure. lot of fucking trouble. <clears throat> we rob the whole train, come back, and we drink hard as shit. Uh, it's not fun drinking, by the no. way. No, it's, it's like forget drinking to forget, dude. It's like. <laughs> It's like, oh, we just hit a homeless guy on the ride home. What are we going to do? And like, what, what did you take? What, what were the things cameras, of value? Uh, oh, cameras. cameras. Mostly cameras, cash. We, bro- we stole my pocket knife. Because uh, <laughs> we, we broke into my cabin that where my bag was. My bag was with the so class. So you robbed yourself. And, we robbed, and I was like, I remember going like, wait, this is my shit, John. And he was like, just take the shit out. 
and we pulled my knife out. We pulled my camera out, gave it to them. We're like, all right, let's go. Next one. And we drink hard. We drink really hard. At one point, I'm like, I want to pass out. And Big Igor says to me, oh, we have trick for that. And he opens the window. The train must be going. And I'm now, once again, I don't know the truth. Must be going 90 miles per hour. He grabs me by the thighs, sticks my torso out the window, and I'm just, it is cold as shit. And I'm like, oh, pulls me in. And he's like, you're up. I'm like, I'm awake. I'm awake. So we pull into Moscow, 6 a.m. Uh, train stops, sun's up, door opens. Same teacher looks at me and goes, they've alerted the police. And I look out, and I see two cops uh, talking to my whole class. My class is in their, in their pajamas. They're upset. They've been robbed. They're mm-hmm. pointing directly at us. And Big Igor is fucking wasted. He's like, don't worry. I speak to police for both of us. Goes out to the cop who's taking a statement. True. Now, here's where it goes off. Because in the joke, I go, grabs him by the arm, spins him around, starts going, fuck you. Right. Now, I don't know what he was saying. <clears throat> to be dead honest with you, they're talking in Russian. And they're talking loud. And their voices are raised. And a teacher's joining in, going, pointing her face, like the one that got the vodka, yelling. And it's all getting very hot and heated. And Igor keeps pointing at me. And I'm like, don't, don't, don't point to me. This is all stuff that wouldn't work, doesn't work on stage. Yeah. You need it to be yeah. finite. Right. And, but this is what's really hot. And they're pointing to me. And John's like, they're pointing at you. And I was like, no, they're, yeah. they're pointing at both of us. He's like, it's just you. <laughs> and now the cop's going, by Dion! Like to me, and he's like, no, he's definitely pointing at you. And so I walk to the cop in front of my whole class. My whole class is sitting, the gangster I robbed that class with is sitting right next to the cop. And I get right up to the cop and he looks at me dead straight in the eyes and he goes, so I understand you're the machine. (laughs) Nice. Tonight you party with us. And I was like, what? He was like, tonight you party with us. Do you like strip club? And I was like, fuck yeah, I like strip clubs. He's like, nice. I go, wait. I'm not in trouble. And he gets so close, I can smell his morning cigarette. And he goes, no, fuck that bitch. This is Russia. <laughs> now, I will say this. In, if we're being full disclosure, by the time I got <clears throat> about 10 steps from the cop, yes. I realized I wasn't in trouble. Mm-hmm. I realized that the energy him and Igor were sharing was positive yes. and that he might have talked me out of it. But if you're telling a story to someone, you can't be like, and then I get 10 from stuff from the cop, and I realize I'm okay. And so, like, I'm like, and then he, I get there, and he's like, you know, I understand you're the machine. What have we learned from this? What have we learned? One, uh, we one learned- we've learned, don't don't hire the Russian mob. Yeah. <laughs> if, you're, if you're going to take a class trip to Russia, you don't want to hire criminals to watch you, I'll right? tell you what you should have learned from this. And by okay. the way, I was about to compliment you on the beginning of the podcast with it. Yes. Is when you said what you said about listening to that podcast, I'm in my... What did you say? I'm in my coop. The, the, in the speedster. In the it's speedster. 110 degrees. 110 degrees. Fires. I got no AC. And I got a headset on. I'm listening yeah. to Mark Marin and Louis C.K. This is what you should have learned. When you tell a story, you need a great beginning. That right. beginning you said. Yes. Please paints tell me the, the picture, right? Paints the picture. Sets it up. When I was 22, I got involved with the Russian mafia. Here's how it happened. You got to paint a picture. <laughs> yeah, you did. You've you got to set it up. Tell a story. Whatever you Don't lie. Don't make stuff up. But if you need to hold back a truth to make the make the tension better mm-hmm. please do i want to be entertained when you tell a story hold back to yes. raise tension yes and if you learn nothing from this story <laughs> fucking make sure your story has an ending yes if you don't if you tell me a story and it doesn't have an ending and you had that line at the end you, you got it, it up. fuck that bitch this is Russia. you're right that's the you mic drop that. you need it let me ask you this now as a, as a father of two <laughs> and you're 44 45 45 running triathlons have you gone back to those people 
and said, I'm sorry for what I've done? Or do you not give a shit? No. Uh, <laughs> is there lady... some part of you that feels guilty that you were caught up in this? Even though you were under the threat of a beating by the Russian mob, I... did you then go back to some of these people and go, you know what? I, I want to make up for this. Here's uh, a Pentax camera from 1987. The very first time I – you know, you tell the story and you – like I said, you almost don't believe it. So you, you, like, mm-hmm. even though it's true, you tell it and you're just like – Because I couldn't live with that guilt. Oh. I would not be able to live with the guilt after a while. Oh, I've, I've done a lot worse. <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah, you need to get out there, Spike. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> so you haven't. You haven't called any of these no, folks so Are the, they still angry about it? So the first time I was in Seattle, and I'm telling the story, and I have a documentary crew filming me mm-hmm. for this documentary I did, and I see the guy in the, this guy in the front row, and he looks familiar. And he's like, as I'm telling the machine, I see him like, really like sizing it up, like shaking his head, like, like, and halfway through the story, I go, oh, my God, you're DJ. Mm-hmm. And he goes, I am. I go, uh, we're going to break the fourth wall right here. I was like, uh, this guy was in my class. <laughs> and I bring him up. And I and I, I was like, I brought him on stage. I go, DJ, I got to ask you how honest of what the story I just told, how honest is that? And he's like, it's 100% true. And I said, are you mad at me? Because there was a period where I thought I was going to get in a lot of trouble. Yeah. But what our gangsters said was, Really bad shit could have happened, and if you guys just lost some cameras, then that's the price of doing business with mm-hmm. the Russian mafia. But like, there, there are there are gangsters. Like you right. could have, it could have gotten really bad. Mm-hmm. And then like, and I remember Igor saying to the whole class when we got back to St. Petersburg, "You should thank him. Nothing happened." And and what's a really fascinating part of the story is in Moscow, I'm definitely in trouble. The teachers are irate <laughs> at me. Irate at me. Yeah. And we're getting on the train to go home. And they go into my room with John Bolshoi, and they say, uh, we need you to party with them on the ride home. And I went, what? And they're like, well, we talked to our people in in St. Petersburg, and apparently nothing really bad happened. And you drinking with them kind of keeps them at bay. And it was was an uneventful trip for the most part. So we need you to party with them on the ride home. We get to the fucking train (laughs) to go home, and they're like, the machine! And I'm like, motherfucker. And so I had to party the whole ride home with them. So really what you did is you kept the peace. You kept people from dying. Yeah. You kept the women from being guy. attacked. You're a good guy. Hey, yeah. But if you're still if uh if you're still thinking that, hey, wait, he still owes me a camera, now that you're now that you're famous, Bert. I got cameras to give out. He's got cameras to give out to you. So you sent a message on Instagram, he's gonna make this right. Bert, this has been a lot of fun. A lot of fun. Thank I gotta you, have you back. You're right. We could go for hours. I could here. go for hours. I'm not I haven't even talked about you or cars. We're, you're going to come back, and we're going to we're going to talk some more on this podcast. We're about what? We're a little over a year in. I, I'm starting slowly. So, someday I'd like to do three hours. Maybe I do uh, two two or three times a week, but I just don't have the time right now. Yes, <laughs> but do. I want to do it. I want to do it. The new special is Bert Kreischer Secret Time. It's on Netflix, August twenty fourth. Bert, that was great. Spike, thank you very. I much, had a man. lot of fun with you. It's been a lot of fun. Um, you can catch up with me on Instagram. That's where I like to respond. And uh, I'll see you next week on Spike's Car Radio. Real quick before we go, if you're looking to buy a car, you're probably familiar with terms like MSRP. You might even know what it stands for. But what does it actually mean? The same goes for invoice, list price, and dealer price. It's enough to confuse anybody. All you're really looking for is a price that actually means something. Introducing... 
True price from True Car. Now you can know exactly what you'll pay for the car you want, including fees and accessories, before you even get to the dealership. True Car dealers will show you the true price on cars like the one you want, all from the comfort of home. And how do you know if your true price is a great price? Because True Car shows you what other people paid for, for the same car you want and your certified dealers know this, so they set their true price competitively so they can win your business. So when you're ready to buy a new or used car, visit True Car to enjoy a more confident car buying experience. Some features not available in all states. Thanks for listening to Spikes Car Radio. Download new episodes every Wednesday on the Podcast One app or subscribe now at Apple Podcasts or PodcastOne.com. On this season of Cold Case Files, we'll close the book on the Golden State Killer, a serial killer so prolific, investigators spent years thinking he was three different people. I think this offender is the most brazen in American history. We'll find cryptic clues on business cards, diaries, and tombstones. This defendant left his calling card at the scene of the crime. Cold Case Files returns Tuesday, August 14th, wherever you listen to podcasts.